0: Hey, book friends, this is Corey. Thanks for listening along as we have a book club of two over a cup of tea. Our goal is to explore beloved genres as well as push ourselves out of our comfort zone and explore genres we might typically overlook or avoid. In each episode, we discuss a randomly selected genre. We will be sharing our reading experience and a brief review of the books we recommended to each other from the previous episode. Also, a heads up so that we can have a rich and in depth conversation, there may be spoilers about the books we are discussing. Alright, let's get started. This is episode 14. Spooky and Thriller is our genre for today. Alright, let's get started. How's it going for you this week, Corey? It's not going too bad. We went camping last night, very uh spontaneously and briefly. We were gonna watch a meteor shower. And then we couldn't stay up long enough for it to start. (laughs) And so then we set an alarm for 1 a.m. And then it was really cold. And we were like, we don't want to get out of our cozy
1: tent." I think that's how it is all the time with camping. Once you get warm, Mm -hmm. you stay warm and you don't do anything to jeopardize the warmth.
0: Yeah. But it was good. I read for a while. We made s'mores. I want some s'mores. Well, you know, I went to a wedding yesterday. And that was actually the favor, conveniently enough, as they had these little packages with, like, all the fixings to make s'mores. That's cool. We're like, Sweet. That and potato chips was our dinner. Nice. Really healthy. <laughs> How about you? What's been your week been like? It's been
1: pretty good. I feel like it's been busy. I had a lot of meetings this week for work, and I kind of feel like I've been very social this week. I've gone to two concerts, and I've hung out with two separate friends last yesterday. And wow, yeah, it's been busy. What concerts did you go to? We, uh, my girlfriend Erin, and I went and saw. Uh, Beats Antique, which is, like, Egyptian instrumental music, and they have a belly dancer, and she's beautiful. And then on Friday, we went and saw M Ward, which is kind of folky, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but he, like, rocked out.
0: Oh, nice. And he was
1: wearing a suit. What? And I was like, if he was only playing to two people he would not care because he loved it so much and <laughs> he was just so stoked hmm. so
0: yeah i've heard some of his stuff and i've never been like i've always been kind of like eh.
1: yeah so seeing him live i think made me appreciate his music a bit more
0: i felt that way about bonnie bear oh yeah yeah he rocked out which if you've listened to any of his stuff it doesn't that's very, ever it's, seem like it's a
1: rocking out type
0: of no, thing. no it's like really mellow and folky but mm-hmm. then he had like i don't know the band he had on stage, he had about 15 different people playing different instruments. Mm -hmm. It was like an orchestra practically. That's crazy. And it was like, Loud, but in a good way. Like, you could, like, feel it in your body, but it didn't make your ears hurt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's how Beats Antique was on Wednesday. Like, I could feel my eyebrows moving, (laughs) but it also hurt my ears. So, Uh, but it was good. It was a good show. Both of them were really good. So.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go see uh, Sarah Jarras on Thursday night if you want to go to another show. She's amazing. She's really folky, too. Kind of, kind of bluegrassy ish Is it in Flagstaff? Yeah. It's at uh, the Orpheum. Okay. Maybe
1: I'll take you up on that. Yeah.
0: I'm definitely going. So just let me know if cool. you want to check it out. Done. All right. What are what you picked the tea today and you I added did. some delicious
1: extras to it. So I tell did. us about it. <laughs>
0: um, I have to read this. So this is Tazo tea, organic peachy green. And it has this really cheesy thing on the side that's making me laugh. So I'm going to share it with our listeners. On the grassy steps of an ancient amphitheater, you're the lone audience to a peach singing its floral melody to the cucumber vine winding towards it. There to witness the organic green and black teas, oh, witness the moment organic green and black teas, sweet peach, and fresh cucumber birth a new harmonic. <laughs> WTF. It's like an English
1: major wrote that. Right? Yeah. But it's good. Yeah, it is pretty good. What did you add to it
0: again? Um, I added some lemonade, and I think we were talking about medicine balls last mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So this was this is not a medicine ball, but I had a burst of inspiration when I was fixing it. I was like, "Ooh, we could just add a splash of lemonade it's, for some tartness." It's really good. Yep, mm-hmm. it's pretty good. I think I hate to say this because usually I love Tazo teas, but whatever um, brand that Starbucks use it and it's it used to be Tazo, but it's not anymore. I like their peach green better. Mm. But uh, yeah, this isn't bad. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty tasty. Pretty tasty.
1: All right, so last week we did Shirley Jackson athon. <laughs> yes, books were Shirley Jackson, and that was kind of our creepy, creepy genre that we creepy spooky scary, creepy spooky. And so mm-hmm. this week we've we've picked thrillers. Thrillers in
0: the night. Do, um, do, 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 do. <laughs>
1: This is why we <laughs> record podcasts and not music. <laughs> A little ode to Michael Jackson there.
0: I was just thinking about that. I remember like when that video came out with Thriller. That was like the coolest thing ever. Yeah, I watched it so many times. I still love watching it actually.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. Although I kind of don't like the song anymore because I think it just gets overplayed at every eighties themed dance party you ever have. Well, true. So I'm kind of like, oh Michael Jackson again, <laughs> again, again.
0: Yes, so R.I.P. For- R. MJ.
1: I know. So for this week, thrillers. What what are your feelings of thrillers before we started reading these books?
0: I love them usually. Yeah. Um. I mean, at, to me, like the ultimate compliment is if it's literally a page turner, like you want to stay a plate and read it. Mm-hmm. And I think with both of our books today, a little foreshadowing. Um. I yeah. I definitely had that experience with both of them. Cool. I would say the same. I have
1: always, although I don't know if I've read a lot of thriller, but I I mean, I like any book that's captivating and Mm -hmm. you keep flipping the pages Mm to see what the hell is happening. Yeah,
0: because they're kind of like mysteries in a way. I mean, I guess they're a branch of, maybe they're like the love child of a scary book and a mystery.
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So according to Wikipedia...
0: Thank you, Wikipedia. (laughs) We should should give you some money.
1: Thriller is a broad genre of literature, film, and television, having numerous, often overlapping subgenres. So thrillers tend to be characterized by... The moods they elicit, giving viewers heightened feelings of suspense, (gasps) excitement, surprise, anticipation, and anxiety. I really
0: can't stand it.
1: (laughs) Successful examples of thrillers are the films by Alfred Hitchcock.
0: Oh, I do like Alfred Alfred,
1: Alfred Hitchcock movies. (laughs) So thrillers generally keep the audience on the edge of their seats as the plot builds towards a climax. Mm -hmm. And the cover-up of important information is a common element. Mm -hmm. Um... Homer's Odyssey is one of the oldest stories in the Western world and is regarded as an early prototype of the genre. Huh. But what I want to ask you is what do you think the earliest example
0: of thriller? Oh, I mean, I guess you could say maybe something like Jane Eyre is a thriller. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Or Rebecca. I don't know that book. Um, I think I've... It's a, another gothic, Victorian gothic, suspenseful right. literature book. So what Wikipedia has said is that
1: Little Red Riding Stop Hood, it. published in 1697, is an early example of a psycho stalker story. Well, Because it's a fairy tale about a girl who's walking in the woods to see her sick grandmother, and a wolf wants to eat her. So... <laughs> But is afraid to do so in public. So he's, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get the girl
0: off the beaten track mm-hmm. so that he can uh, nom-nom her. Ha. Funny sidebar to that. Actually, now that you say that, you know the musical Into the Woods? No. Okay. Well, anyways, there's the musical Into the Woods, and it's based on a bunch of it's a mashup of fairy tales. And uh, one of the local theater groups here did a version of it like a year or two ago. Uh-huh. And we went to see it because one of our co-workers' 16-year-old daughter was in it, and she was the Little Red Riding Hood character. Uh-huh. And there is a wolf character, and it has more of those, like, sexual undertones. Uh. And it made me extremely uncomfortable to watch this guy, like, <laughs> making these really, like, skeevy comments to this 16-year-old that I know. I was like, oh, I'm feeling oh, a little man. dirty right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound good at all.
0: I mean, I'm sure it's funny when it's – well, even then, I mean, Little Red is, anyways, okay, bygones, but it, it kind of grossed me out a bit.
1: So there are other books that are considered thrillers there are The Count of Monte Cristo, published in 1844, The Riddle of the Sands in 1903 by Ken Follett. No, according, or no, according to Ken Follett, that he, this was the first modern day thriller.
0: Hmm.
1: Never heard of it. Heart of Darkness in 1903. Oh. Don't know that one. Well, that's a classic. The yeah. 39 Steps in 1915 okay. by John
0: Buchan. Ooh, and The Mentoring Candidate. Okay.
1: Yeah. Huh. That's so, a lot of cool stuff. It seems like there's a lot of different types of thriller books out there. And, and,
0: and I would say that we picked two very diverse books,
1: actually. Totally. They're completely opposite. I would say. With some, some subtle. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. What is it called? undertones? Not undertones. Um, subtle similarities. Similarities, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll be yeah. curious to see what similarities you, similarities you <laughs> draw for us today.
0: Yeah. So, which book do you want to do first? Ooh, I don't know.
1: need meeny miney, Um,
0: I guess I'm looking at Into the Darkest Corner, so Ugh. let's start with that one and we'll wrap up with Dark Matter. So, I picked Into the Darkest Corner by Elizabeth Rains,
1: and the only reason why I picked this book is because I googled thriller books, top thriller books. You've done this books. for all your books, haven't you? It's true, yes. And she, this book got like a 4.5 stars on Goodreads, so I figured oh. it was probably really good.
0: Okay. And I feel like it did not disappoint. I have to admit, when I read the back of it, I was kind of like, really, curious. This sounds kind of stupid. But then he loved it. Okay,
1: fine.
0: <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I admit that I was skeptical, but, and I was skeptical. Well, no, actually, really, it, 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 it gets you going right from the start.
1: Totally. <laughs> So the brief synopsis is that this book follows Catherine Bailey, a.k.a. Kathy, as she – it's kind of a bit of a back and forth time. So we're in 2004, and then we jump to 2008, and in 2004, we're kind of figuring out what has happened to her that has caused her to be this crazy OCD, anxious Paranoid mm-hmm. person in 2008.
0: And the times kind of track, mm-hmm. like if you, when they're flipping back and forth, they're almost the same, almost four years to the date.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's Ka- Catherine in 2004 meets this gentleman by the name of Lee who's beautiful and has blonde hair and blue eyes and buff and mm-hmm. sexy and she falls for him and then it goes into the he slowly starts to become a little bit crazy Mm -hmm. and you get these glimpses of her standing in a club or at the grocery store and she looks up and he's just standing there staring at her creepily Mm -hmm. and then he's gone when she looks up again. Yeah. So he slowly starts to become more and more abusive Mm -hmm. and physically abusive and sexually abusive. And it's not looking too good for her. Right. Right. Except that we know that she got away exactly because the two thousand eight time frame. Mm-hmm. So, and go for it. Oh no, you go ahead. No, you say what you were going to say.
0: Well, and I was going to say for me, what I the notes I started taking immediately is they, they I think they wanted you to think that she was an unreliable narrator. Yeah, um, because at the very beginning of the book. The very first scene is actually a court transcript, or not a scene, I guess, but the first chapter is a court transcript. And it's Lee going, yeah, she was kind of crazy. Like, he was basically trying to say that she was the psycho one in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And then there's this creepy scene where a man is killing a woman, but you don't know who the man is. And you're kind of like, ooh, is this supposed to be Lee? But you don't know that. right? And And then you start getting into Kathy, and she's kind of this you know, naive, young, 20-something, living in London, party girl Mm -hmm. who goes out and gets wasted and has sex with random strangers. Like, she's not a particularly responsible person. She doesn't make good life choices. Yeah. So, and then you start meeting the future version of her and you're like, whoa. Yeah. So,
1: four years later, Lee is behind bars and Catherine... I think in the 2008 version, she goes by Kathy instead of Catherine, mm-hmm. is trying to rebuild her life. But she, because of the creepy abusiveness of Lee, she has developed crazy OCD. So she checks her front door six times. Mm-hmm. She checks her mm-hmm. the door to her apartment six times. She has to do it right. She has to check the curtains. She has to check the bathroom. Like there's all of these things that she has to do in order for her to feel safe to know that nobody's broken in or done anything. Because in 2004, Lee used to go into her house and move things when she wasn't there and it really upset her. So I think she had already had those kind of OCD tendencies. But with the abuse of Lee in 2008, Mm -hmm. that OCD and PTSD is definitely more apparent and dramatic yeah definitely and kathy ends up meeting stewart who lives up on the floor above her and stewart turns out is a psychologist conveniently very that was kind of silly and he starts to like understand that she has ptsd and ocd and so he since he knows how to work with people Mm -hmm. with those two sorts of um characteristics he's very good about giving her space not making eye contact Starts giving her reading material to be like, this is how you cope with OCD or PTSD and Mm -hmm. kind of encourages Mm -hmm. her to find healing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, subtle things start happening. She gets a phone call from the police saying that Lee's being released.
0: Well, and I don't think we mentioned that she just kind of disappeared from her former life. Yeah. So she changed she kinda changed her name a little bit. She cut off tie she's oh, and she's an orphan. Both her parents are dead. Uh so she cuts off tie with all of her friends because none of her friends believe her. Lee kind of charms them as well mm-hmm. and um and starts setting her up to seem like again, like the crazy one in the relationship. So after he goes behind bars, she just disappears. Yeah. And and really has a very solitary life because again, she's so traumatized by the horrific things that happened to her as we find out later in the book. Yeah, um, I found an example of the OCD stuff that I thought was like, whoa. And it um, so this is about checking the locks. And it says, this is how it all starts. I do something that seems like a good idea. Locking the flat is a good idea after all, right? Then for some reason, I've not done it properly one day. And that's no good at all. Because if you're going to do something that's for your own benefit, you've got to do it properly or there's no point. Then I start fretting about it and picturing all the bad things that might happen if I get it wrong, if I screw up the way I've screwed up so many other things in my waste of a life. Yeah. And so what happens is she'll spend, you know, again, as Carrie said, she has this routine. And this is where the book's kind of weird and creepy, and that she'll be like, okay, I need to go home and do my checking routine. And, but then she doesn't really necessarily, as the first person narrator, Describe it fully to you. Yeah. But then she'll be like, in three hours later, I'm exhausted <laughs> and I fi- finally have taken a shower. Right. And so you're like, holy shit. She's been like going through and checking the perimeter of her apartment and her keys and her locks for three freaking hours. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, what's interesting is that I had a really bad case of OCD. um Like, late teenage and early 20s, like, I had to wash my hands six times, Mm -hmm. and I had to scrub each side six times, and I had to get six paper towels. Yeah. And it was – You know, I have been going to therapy for such a long time that I was kind of able to realize, like, these are not actually doing anything except for causing me more anxiety. Like, you think that OCD is going to kind of lighten your anxiety because you know that you've double checked something or you're washing things Mm -hmm. properly. But then you get into those mind frames of you didn't do it right or you forgot the, you forgot how many scrubs you were doing. So you have to start all over
0: again. (laughs) Well, and yeah, and I think that's the thing is I, I think I had one friend at one point, again, probably like late high school or college, who at some point admitted to me that she had some OCD issues. And she's like, yeah, I have to turn the light switch, light switch off in my bedroom four times on and off four times before I leave. And I think at that point, I was just kind of like, that's cuckoo. Yeah. And I think, you know, I guess if you haven't gone through something like this, like from a analytical standpoint, I can understand how someone might get to this point but it, and it's fascinating you know because she has all her weird rules about she can only shop on certain days yeah. and she can she, only go out on
1: even numbered days yep, she, she can't leave the apartment on odd numbered days yep
0: she has to have tea at specific times of each day and and it has to be the right color which is I yeah. can totally relate
1: to because mm-hmm. my tea has like if i'm drinking black tea mm-hmm. there has to be the right amount of in it mm-hmm. like creamer or else i can't drink it
0: yeah well and i think that's where the author did a really good job with this because in some ways for a while it was very some of these texts were very subtle mm-hmm. um like the tea thing like mm-hmm. i don't think until like the third time it came up in the in the story that i was like oh this is an ocd thing for her because mm-hmm. i think she commented on Stuart going you know she commented in her head and she's like well he almost got the color right yeah and then the next time she's like oh he's figured out the color for me and i'm like oh this yeah. is important to you <laughs>
1: And I think it just proves like people that have been abused in some sort of way, if they escape their abuser, their need for control is so powerful that they need to do those things in order to feel like they have their life back Mm. so kathy does all of this stuff she goes through it for like a year i think is about what we see the interchange of Mm -hmm. lee pre lee and post lee and then she meets stewart and she kind of starts falling in love with stewart and she starts falling in love with stewart and you kind of see that relationship develop and she starts to kind of ease into it and get comfortable but Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden there's a red button in her pocket yeah Or there's a fork on the knife section Mm -hmm. in her thing. And she starts to not check those things, right? Because she's like, I don't need to check that. Like, it's, he's not coming after me. Yes. How how could he find me? Totally. But then it becomes more and more Mm -hmm. apparent that Mm -hmm. he's back Mm -hmm. and he knows where she is. And it's just one of those things where you're just like, oh, God, is this really going to turn out? as awful as I think it's going to, or is it going to be a happy ending?
0: Yeah. And that's where it really, because I think from the beginning, it's more of kind of this like psychological, like, wow, she's really messed up. And then, yeah, you get to like the last third of the book. And that's when I feel like I've, I spent probably only two days finishing up the last third of the book, and I, and at one point, I think the night before I did finish it, it was like a Thursday night, and I had work in the morning. I was like, okay, you have to put this down <laughs> on because you need to get some sleep, and there's too much left for you to finish tonight. Yeah, but I wanted to stay up and finish it because I was like, what's gonna happen? Is she gonna be okay? And, totally. Or you know, and of course, I was worried about Stewart and yeah. So well, again. I was
1: taking this on my lunch break, so I was taking it to work with me. I was reading it as I was walking from my car to my office, and then I would take a 30-minute lunch break outside and just sit outside and plow through it as much as I could, and then I would come home and I would <laughs> plow through it before I had to do anything. It was just so captivating. Like, totally. I needed to know what the hell was happening.
0: Right. Yeah, because there was just enough, like, unreliability and missing pieces, and, you know, and it was kind of like uh, – yeah. Yeah. There was just, there was definitely a build up through it. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I think one of the things I wrote down at the beginning, so, so I actually did some random thoughts, even though you didn't this time. I know I was not prepared. <laughs> so I wrote at the very, when I started making some notes, here's what I said, which I think you'll appreciate. Said in England, check. Cheeky narrator, <laughs> check. Slightly unreliable narrator, check. <laughs> <laughs> as far as like things that i like in a book totally I was like, okay and then um the other thing that i wrote down was good god how many pairs of underwear is she going to lose those things cost a lot of freaking
1: money <laughs> they do <laughs> it's like five
0: dollars for a pair
1: of underwear oh, it's you, more like, than that if you go to, to vicky's oh yeah see i just started going to target because okay. it's like five for twenty dollars oh okay. which i guess is
0: still five dollars four dollars four dollars math slightly okay. I'm not good at it i'm not either <laughs> except apparently division <laughs> slash multiplication <laughs> but yeah, yeah there's a lot of scenes where sexy scenes where she has her underwear ripped off or she takes it off and doesn't get it back and i was just kind of like okay <laughs> i kind of feel like their sex scenes were so not sexy
1: like yeah you know at first it kind of seemed romantic but then like you know it I was reading it and I was like cringing. I was mm-hmm. just like,
0: yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I think they, yeah, they started out a little racy when it was at the, I'm thinking at like at the beginning of their relationship. Yeah. yeah. And then yes, it just went into total creep fill. Holy moly. Whoa. It was a really creepy, awesome book. Yeah. Well, and I will say, um, one of the notes I also made and I, at the, you know, I'm one of those nerds that always reads about the authors and reads like the author's notes and all that shit. And, um, when I got to the end and I read about the author, and I was like, "Oh, of course she's a police officer." Yeah, that makes so much more sense. Mm-hmm. But I also was like, "I," because I was like, "This person is either experienced." Well, and again, I was like, "This person's either experienced OCD herself, mm-hmm. or um, she's done a heck of a lot of research." Because again, the amount of detail, but yet the subtlety of talking through OCD with the main character was, you know, I thought really well done. Yeah, but yeah. Um, what else did I have? Oh, um, I felt so sad when I learned that her best friend had betrayed her multiple times. Oh, yeah, Sylvia? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to slap her.
1: Well, I think Sylvia got her karma in full capacity. Yeah. Because Lee, so Sylvia starts screwing Lee while Lee is also screwing Catherine, Kathy. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, um... Before Lee gets locked up or during, like, they still have a relationship and then Lee comes back and stays with Kathy or Sylvia. Sylvia Sylvia tells him that she saw her name in the paper. And I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) He just got locked up and you're giving him the information to go and attack apparently your best friend. But then she ended up getting attacked and tortured. And I was like, and that's karma. Yeah. Biatch. (laughs) I did not feel bad for her.
0: But I mean, I don't want anyone to get hurt. But I, but yes, you're right. I think she showed terrible judgment on many levels, and it came back to bite her in the ass. Yeah, totally. Yep, yep, yep. So what? How many stars do you give it? At least four. Yeah, yeah. I give it five. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. I think it's one of my favorite books I've read. Wow. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty. I'm pretty um, stingy with my fives. I am too.
1: Yeah. But
0: that's how much I liked this book. Cool. So if I can give
1: any of our listeners, one piece of advice Mm -hmm. is you should definitely read Into the Darkest Corner.
0: Yep. Unless you, have well, you know, so again, just some trigger warnings. There is sexual violence. And um, if you didn't pick up on that, there's sexual violence and physical violence. And again, obviously a very traumatized woman. So Mm -hmm. if any of that stuff is triggers for you, don't pick it up. Yeah, But otherwise, yes, it's a good read.
1: Sweet, yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna take a little break, and then we'll come back and talk to about Corey's pick. Woohoo!
0: All right, and we are back. So funny story. I so I picked Dark Matter by Blake Crouch, and um, this was early on when we started this process, and so i put a hold on it at the. Library, not really thinking like through life, and so I read this in June. Wow, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I took copious notes, as Curie can attest. Right now, there's so many notes, so many notes. Um. So, and I just reviewed them, and I'm like, okay, yes, I think I can talk about this book still. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I picked the I picked Dark Matter because I had read the Wayward Pines trilogy. Which, if you if you have not read that, I would recommend it. It's kind of. Sci-fi. I don't want to say too much about it because it's kind of like you have to just read it to understand what's going on. But it does have some similar pieces of like mysterious people doing mysterious things. And then all of a sudden, you realize things aren't quite as what they seem. Um, but I read all of those. And so when I saw he had a new book out. And when I did research, I think I also Googled thrillers, mm-hmm. and this came up. I would say it also classifies as a science fiction story. So if you're looking for something in that genre, um, this is a great little fusion of thriller and sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And I, my first note was, I love a good first page of a book, and this pulled me in right away. And the quote, so the first lines were, No one tells you it's all about to change to be taken away. There's no proximity alert no indication you are standing on the precipice and maybe that's what makes tragedy so tragic Mm -hmm. i was like oh that's so good hooked hooked (laughs) right there boom and i wrote down that i i wrote i devoured this pretty much in one sitting Mm -hmm. which is again rare for me I, i just don't usually have that much time now i was on vacation when i read this so that was why i was able to devour it in one sitting and I said, um, sorry, this would be a little language here, total fuck. <laughs> didn't understand about 75% of what was said, it reaffirmed my decision to opt out of taking physics. <laughs> I was like, what are they talking about? I yeah. was like, at least I knew what Schrodinger- Schrodinger's cap in a box was, but mm-hmm. that's only because Robert explained it to me one time, and I don't know that I could still explain what it is, yeah. but... Um, but even then I was fascinated. So I think that says something right there that if you can kind of get into that science fiction-y, what if, so this goes back to our conversation about how things that have, um, potential to happen technologically, but Mm -hmm. don't actually really haven't, you know, so that's kind of what the story is about. And let's see here. And I think, and I said, well, that's maybe why I struggle with sci-fi so much when they get into these really theoretical what ifs, Mm -hmm. I get lost because I don't understand the tech I don't understand the math and physics behind all these complicated technical what-ifs. And I'm like, okay, we're done here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I guess let's see here. So I don't even know how to explain this book. So <sighs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I don't even know how to start. Um, okay, so he it starts very tamely other than it has like this really sense of foreboding from the very beginning. And um, this man is having d- family dinner with his wife and his kid. And he gets a call from an old friend to go out for a drink and his, and they live in Chicago. And his wife's like, go, 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 you know, just be back in time for dinner. And, um, and then he's leaving the bar and he gets basically assaulted and kidnapped by this man. And the next thing he knows, he's waking up strapped on a gurney and there's all these strangers around him that seem to know him. And they're like, you're back. We're so glad to see you. How are you doing? And he's like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, where it kind of takes off from there. And so what we, basically what we find out is, um, the premise is, is that there is th- that ad- another version of the fellow, Jason, name? Jason, thank you, has at another alternate world has created a, uh, essentially like a time travel box mm-hmm. that he'd had an inkling of an idea for, but he never followed. And so one of the really big themes I think is about the, like the what ifs of what happens it, with the choices that we make in our lives and how does our lives kind of branch out in different directions um, depending on the littlest things that happen to us. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So I'm going to stop there and see if you have anything you want to add. I'm going to check my notes to see if there's anything else I would add about the whole overall story. So I think
1: uh, one of the other things that you realize is that he decides to go back in time. Mm. He decides to go into the box with the serum mm-hmm. as many times to find his real wife and his real mm-hmm. son.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: what he realizes, and I have to admit, so I was listening to the audio book and I didn't get to finish it. So I don't actually know how mm. this book ends. Mm-hmm. The part that I the audio book got returned... To the library, he had just realized that there are about eight different Jasons plotting against the Jason that's now living with... Jason the, number two. With Jason...
0: So he's Jason number one. Right. The guy that... So, oh, yeah. So that's an important thing. Yeah. So he, basically what happened is Jason number two, who discovered this box, takes over his life as yeah. Jason number one.
1: And he's actually the one that kidnapped Jason number one. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And
1: so now there's eight or nine other Jasons. There
0: actually, it's up being like a hundred...
1: Oh, see, I don't know this because I didn't finish the book.
0: Did you find, d- had he gotten onto the, uh... The
1: chat? The chat. Yeah, but they were only talking about Jason eights and then it went away.
0: Okay, no, there ends up being, like, a ridiculous number of Jasons. Oh,
1: yeah. okay. So, this is where I don't know much about what happens, is okay. because Jason mm-hmm. 1 realizes that there are all these Jasons plotting to kill Jason 2, but then he comes to the realization that all of those Jasons are going to try and kill whatever Jason is with... Um, the wife and the kid. Yeah. So regardless of who Mm -hmm. kills Jason number two, whoever replaces Jason two will most likely also get killed.
0: Yeah. So this is where it gets kind of crazy and science fictiony because you have all these Jasons who are subtle variations of the initial Jason, and they none of them want their old life. They want Jason one's life. And so it's almost like kind of like a, you know, one of those like stories of, you know, again, because, you know, Jason, number two, was really wealthy. He did mm-hmm. made these big discoveries, but he had a very empty life outside of lots of money and science. Yeah. And all the other, and so, when Jason one is trying to get back home, basically the way they describe this box, once you get in it and you take the serum is it's like this endless hallway of doors. And every time you open a door, you go into a slightly different version of Chicago, but it's at the same time, it's just adjacent to the Chicago world that he came from. So there's all these like dystopian ones and all these, it's just really bizarre. Like all these, Chicago's and worlds that don't exist except when you go through the store and so a large part of the book oh and he gets help escaping so it's him and this lady and they're just going into all these different worlds and it's kind of sad at points because in some worlds he will think um, he'll find her and but it's not really her and Daniela right Daniela Mm -hmm. yes And, you know, and it's really hard because he wants to rescue her or he wants to stay with her, but he realizes that there's these little subtle differences and Mm -hmm. he's like, oh, this is not my Daniela, this is not my world, I have to leave. Mm -hmm. And so that's really kind of sad as he continues. It it takes its toll after a while of trying to find his way through an infinite number of worlds to get back to her. Um, Yeah, I mean, it was really fascinating. I think – I think (laughs) – yeah, oh, here's the good quote that I wrote down. Um, Jason, this isn't your world. That wasn't your wife. You can still go home and find them. Intellectually, I know she is right, but emotionally that just ripped my guts out. I'm hardwired to love and protect that woman. And I was just like, oh.
1: Yeah, there. you can tell that Jason and Daniela's love is, like, they fully love each other and they're adorable together. At least what I was reading, they mm-hmm. were adorable together, yeah. or listening to, rather, but.
0: Yep. And I think they you know, they started out as a very casual relationship. And then I think she got pregnant. And so the Jason one is actually just a very, he has a very, I guess we'll say chill job mm-hmm. as a physics professor at a, at a local college. And so a very humdrum life. I think he likes it. But you know, again, we when we realize Jason two has this fancy house. With, so in that world, they'd broken up pretty early on. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, like those choices. And Again, another quote that I thought was really good that explains probably a little more eloquently what I'm trying to share with the reader or the readers and listeners is, my identity is not binary, it's multifaceted, and maybe I can let go of the string and resentment of the path not taken, because the path not taken isn't just the inverse of who I am, it's an infinitely branching system that represents all the permutations of my life between the extremes of me and Jason too. Mm, mm-hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, that, that was written really well. Good job, Blake Crouch. For yeah. Helping us understand. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I think it was, you know, it was just really fascinating because when he's, because so when all these other Jasons start coming out of the woodwork, and again, there's a reason why they keep multiplying, and I don't can explain it, and it's not really necessary. Other than that, by using this box, multiple Jasons start coming out and trying to get to the same place, and. I wrote down, how do you fool yourself? Because at the end, there's, like, these factions of Jason that are, like, trying to, like, get together and plot against other Jasons, and they're like, or we can share her, and, like, all these, like, weird, creepy mm-hmm. suggestions. And so at the end, he's trying to escape when well, he finally does get back to Daniela and his son, and he's finding out that all the other Jasons are anticipating every single move that he's going to make because they're him.
1: Right. That's creepy.
0: Yeah. And so like, and he was like, how can I fool myself? How can I make an unexpected move that the other Jasons aren't going to expect? And so that in itself, I thought was, I was like, wow, yeah, that's, that's really deep. How do you fool
1: yourself? Yeah, totally. Um, I can't wait to finish the
0: book. Yeah, I totally, I totally (laughs) would. I would. Um, Oh, I have one last quote. See, I really like this book. Uh, There's no Daniela in this world. Chicago feels wrong without her. I hate everything about it. The colors of the sky seem off. The familiar buildings mock me. Even the air tastes like a lie. Because it isn't my city. It's mm. ours. Mm. So it's kind of a love story, too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So this this could be another good one to like maybe like for a couple to read together or like for a, a couple's book club. I don't know, I
1: don't know, you don't think so, no, I don't know, <laughs>
0: I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if I could I don't know, yeah, yeah.
1: I just don't know, hmm.
0: I'm just thinking because, you know it has kind of tech techie stuff for the i'm totally I'm totally gender typing right here i I own it one hundred percent, but yeah, you got suspense and love for the lady, it's true, or the guy Who or the knows? guy, yeah,
1: yeah, I picked world War Z World War Z is a zombie apocalyptic apocalyptic
0: type um, book. Mm-hmm. And the other... Is, oh, Security by uh, Gina Wolsdorf. Uh, so again, this is for the last of our kind of Halloween-ish uh, month of October into November. Um, all around spooky, creepy, scary, thrillery, weird stuff. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And I just actually finished Security. And again, I... I think I read it in two days. No, three days. Oh, good to know because I haven't started it yet. Total page turner. Okay. Yep. Cool. Again. So World War Z, kind of not a page turner, uh-huh. but yeah, you get there. Yeah, this will be my second time trying World War Z. So oh, okay. Yeah, I I bought it for Robert a long time ago because he loves zombies, and then I tried to read it and I couldn't get into it. But I liked the movie, but I didn't really remember much of the book. So we'll see what happens. Sounds good. Yeah. All right, friends, we will. Talk to you next week. Have a good one. Hey,
1: book friends. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks for listening along with us. Head over to our podcast site to share your recommendations and your opinions with us on the books we have read. That website is booksandteapodcast.com. It's also where you will find our podcast show notes with a full list of titles for the books, along with our favorite tea and what we mentioned today. If you are on any social media, feel free to stop by our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You will find those links on our website. To be the first to hear about the next new podcast and what we are working on, make sure you are signed up to our newsletter.